0: Our text today is in 1 Peter chapter 2. 1 Peter chapter 2. And let's begin reading with verse 1 through 8. While you're turning, let me share with you something. Uh, One of our members is moving, not too far away, still in a neighborhood, but uh, Willie West and family are moving right this week. Already have been moving this weekend, I believe. Got one last little job. Uh, tomorrow, and uh, just some. Uh, and Mike could use a couple of trucks, and a couple of good, good, good hearty backs. So uh, if anybody can do that, Willie in the green, raise your hand and wave it a little bit. There you go. That's her, right there. So let her know, and uh, if you can come and help do that, that'd be nice. We appreciate it. Okay. All right. First Peter chapter two, verse one. Wherefore, laying aside all malice and all guile and hypocrisies and envies and evil speakings. Boy, there's a there's a boatload of stuff right there, isn't it? As newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. And if so be you have tasted that the Lord is gracious. and coming to Him as to a living stone, which has been rejected by men, but is choice and precious in the sight of God. You also, as living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house for a holy priesthood, to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For this... Is contained in Scripture. Behold, I lay in Zion a choice stone, a precious corner stone, and he who believes in him will not be disappointed. This precious value then is for you who believe. But for those who disbelieve, the stone which the builders rejected This became the very cornerstone, and a stone of stumbling, and a rock of offense. For they stumble because they are disobedient to the Word, and to this doom they are also appointed. So as Peter writes, he writes to people who are in a crisis. You know, much of the New Testament now, when you read it, you can you can just about put it in modern days. Uh, in many places in the world, Christians like many of these here were at risk of their lives. That's still true today. In many many places. It's true that they're in for many could be imprisoned. It's true that many have many are facing as they faced in those days. Obstacles and enemies and problems and troubles. Sometimes it is open hostility. It's in your face. And certainly in New Testament times, it was very much that way. There were times in the first century that... uh, Christians had to use codes to even talk to each other. The sign of the fish, for instance, is a code. A Christian might be standing with someone and make a mark with their foot across the across the sand or dirt. And if the other person were a Christian, he would make his mark as well. The sign of the cross. Fish, it was a fish. In the Greek, those are the Greek letters for the beginning of the words, Jesus Christ, Son of God. And so, it was very dangerous. There is open hostility that's not life and death necessarily, but it's definitely of, your, of our um, reputation in wherever perhaps we work or go to school. Uh, sometimes very in your face, in your families even. And so what Peter is doing with these Christians, he is assuring them and seeking to reassure them that their faith is in Jesus Christ, the eternal Son of God, and that He is a sure foundation. He is the rock we can stand on. You know, if, you, if, you, uh, if you're a believer, you know that many times we fail. I fail, we fail. And it's good to know that what you're standing on is solid. It's not, it's not our own rock. He is the rock. He is the sure foundation under our face, under our feet. And so, as we face perhaps indifference to Christ, or um, be marginalized, it's happening now, pretty much in our modern society. There's all kinds of ways of being shunned and by the world. but you know it's nothing compared to what many in this world are facing the battles that some face is in the way of of persecution you know we're just back here we we could pray for them i thought about i thought about Glenn, when we did his funeral, I thought about the hardship that he must have faced. He said that for R and R, he was he went in, he joined he went to join the Navy before World War II, and they turned him down because he didn't have a diploma. And so a Marine recruiter was standing by and recruited him into the Marines. At 17, he went to Paris Island. Two weeks before he, two weeks after he graduated from from his infantry training, Pearl Harbor was bombed. Within two other weeks, he was in the Pacific. For five years. He said he got to go to got to go to have R and R. It was a place called Pavuvu, and he says there were crabs. You know, Asheville boys don't know much about crabs. There was rotten coconut and rats. That's where he went for his rest and relaxation and. Recreation, you might say. Hard, hard place. You know. So, there was some real persecution going on. This is, this is serious stuff that's being dealt with here in the Scriptures. And to us, it is very serious. And what this says to us, I believe, is that Jesus is the rock we can stand on. In Isaiah 28.16, part of the inspiration of this scripture comes from the the prophet Isaiah. 28.16 Therefore thus saith the Lord of God, Behold, I lay in Zion a foundation, a stone, a tried stone, a precious cornerstone, a sure foundation. He that believes shall not make haste shall not be in a hurry. A rock we can stand on. And he says this is a tested stone. Jesus Christ is tested, has been tested. He was tested in himself in every way. Whatever temptations you face and I face, Jesus faced temptations. But he never sinned. He was hated. He was despised. But he did not reciprocate. He did not turn it back onto those who hated him. He's tested. He's tried. He was crucified at Calvary. And on his lips were forgiveness and He rose again to a new life. He's been tested. He's a tested Savior. We all will look at something perhaps if we're about to make a purchase of some kind, maybe a tire or something like that, and we would like to know it's been tested somewhere. And it will last. It'll make it at least somewhat. Jesus has been tested. He is a precious stone. One to be loved, adored, cared for, treated as a treasure. He is a precious stone. Precious to God. He was God's son. I was talking to one of our young men today about his his little boy. And he talked about how precious his son is to him. He was made, it says, of the very image of God. He was God's in the flesh. He was God in the flesh. He was precious to God because of his absolute Love for the Father. Unquestioned love. We're challenged sometimes by our love for God. We're human. We make mistakes. We get hurt. We're challenged by, for sometimes, thinking of God. And how He plays into all of this. Jesus is precious to God because of His submission and His trust of God. The day before His crucifixion, the night before, not my will be done, but thy will be done, He said. He was proven by God. It wasn't just God's Son coming and lording it over everybody. He came as a servant. He said, I come to serve. Not to be ministered unto, but to serve. And He challenged His disciples to have that same mindset of a servant. And it literally means slave. Have that mindset in your heart. That's the kind of heart Jesus had. Though He came from the throne of heaven, He was humble born and He became a servant. A servant to all. He's precious to Christians. Through Him we have experienced the grace of God. Now let me tell you something. If you, are, if you have forgotten a little bit about what God's grace means, you, like myself, let's think of ourselves. Let's think of our sin. Let's think of how far we have fallen sometimes from the Lord. And then think about the forgiveness of God. And what it costs God to forgive us. It's not a flippant thing. God's grace is a tremendous thing. And so we experience the goodness of God, the love of God through His Son, Jesus Christ. We ex- He's precious to us because His Holy Spirit is with us. With us in our lives. When we accept Christ, He comes to live within us. His presence is there. He's precious to us for His teaching. Sometimes we, we take for granted our Bible and we take for granted the very teachings of Christ. Sometimes they seem maybe too hard or not relevant. Take another look. Sit on it a while, meditate on it a little bit, and you'll see how relevant it really is. And though hard sometimes, it's still for our blessing, it's for us to be blessed and to live. He's precious for, his, for Calvary. He's precious to us because at Calvary, we can come, every one of us. Nobody's above anybody else. Nobody. You notice on a sign out here, I don't put Reverend Charlie Sounds. I'm not anybody. None of us are above anybody else. We all come on level ground to the Lord. Every one of us. Brother Jimmy at the funeral yesterday, Brother Earl Jones, he said, some people have some people might have preacher religion. And Billy was sitting next to me. And I said, Lord help us. Billy laughed and got that whole corner laughing. We're all on the same ground. And our allegiance is to Him. It's to Him. Precious. And all that's to say, He is the chief cornerstone of a sure foundation. Jesus Himself said this in Matthew chapter 7, verse 24, Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house upon a rock. Rain descends, floods came, winds blew, beat on that house. It did not fall, for it was founded on a rock. Everyone that hears these sayings of mine and does not them shall be likened to a foolish man who built his house on sand, and the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat on that house and it fell, and great was the fall of it. There's no other foundation that will stand up to every every circumstance of life and death except the foundation of Jesus Christ. There's no no other foundation. Jesus is the cornerstone of the whole building, of the whole church, of all the followers. There's no other. He is... The cornerstone. He, is, he was not the last thing laid. He's the first thing laid. And all is to be built in reference to Him and Him only. So, He is the rock we can stand on. And He's the vital rock in the plan of God. Verse 7 said, Unto you therefore which believe, he's precious. Psalm 118, verse 22. Let's look there a moment. I thought I marked everything now, I'm just like you. I'm struggling to find it. I hope it's where I left it. <laughs> it is there, thank goodness. The stone which the builders refused has become the headstone of the corner. So he is, it's Jesus Christ that's at the center of God's plan for us. It's him. Now some of us, when we think of God, our minds head out to space and used to, you know, before the science age you could just look up to the sky and see stars had no earthly idea how far they were but they were there and we could see the blue sky in the daytime and clouds and not have to think too far out now we know this thing's big this universe is real big and that's an understatement god is the god of the universe And yet, He has a plan. Only God could have a plan that would include the whole universe. Only God could have a plan that would include everybody. Only God could have a plan that would include you and you and you and me. You say, well, I can't hardly figure God out. Well, really? (laughs) He's God. And obviously, Christ doesn't fit into our plans. How many of you have made plans this week and had things interrupt your plans? God doesn't fit into our plans. Some of us choose other foundations, other values, false standards. He is rejected because He doesn't fit into our plans. He's not the cornerstone of our life. He's not the foundation of our life. We need to find ourselves in God's plan, not God in our plan. Makes a difference, doesn't it? Just wait upon the Lord. You're in His plan. Some of you are standing on the front porch of a real pain. Remind me of a porch at at Grandma's house. And I used to like to walk out on that porch... And just get my feet just as far as I could. Just right off the edge. Have you ever done that? Why, yeah, we've done that. Some of us are feeling like we're rocking on the front porch. And we don't know when the fall might come. But we know something's coming. Jesus is the first laid stone, not the last laid. You don't, you don't put God into your life when you've got it all sorted out. Well, one thing, you'll never get it sorted out. If you think you do, you're wrong. He is the foundation. He's the place to start. We need to find ourselves in His plan, not God in our plans. You know, if God is just part of your plan then that's, that's what you call boring religion. If it's your plan and somehow you're trying to fit God into it, you know, He'll be lucky to get a, to get, to get a room in the basement. A closet in the basement. But if we're in God's plan and we see ourselves as part of His plan, when we sing these songs, and when we worship, and when we fellowship together, there's something going on there. There's something happening. If we come expecting the Lord, Christ has become God's perfect cornerstone for living. That's what Peter is saying. There are other things that are important. I've been doing a little premarital counseling. Some of you have been through that. You say, thank God I don't have to go through that again. But one thing we try to talk about is the place of the Lord in your life. He's got to be first. I know you all in love, that's spouse to be. just can't get enough of each other. But don't let that be the foundation of your life. You make sure you're standing on solid rock yourself, or you get hooked up with somebody else. And then you give them all your heart that God's given you to give them. By the way, I told Jane, I said, your birthday is on Thursday. And she looked at me and she reminded me it's on Friday. (laughs) When Christ is perceived as your Lord and Savior, you've put Him in the right place. He's my Lord. My life belongs to Him. And when Christ is Lord of your life, the winds are going to blow. Something going to come along, pertinent, knock you off your feet. They're going to come. You're not going to be able to dodge them all. You know, you're not like the, some of those... Uh, Those uh, jet planes in Star Wars where you're flying through trees. and Something going to hit you. It's going to come. But with the Lord as your foundation, you can stand. You might get knocked over hard. You might lay there and feel sorry for yourself a long time. But God will get you up. He is the vital rock in God's plan. And it says, and this is very important, He is a rock of sanctuary or stumbling. You see here in 1 Peter again, verse uh, 7 8 Unto you, therefore, which believe, He's precious, but unto them which are disobedient, the stone which the builders disallowed, the same is made the head of the corner. And a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. Even to them which stumble at the word, which are disobedient, whereunto also they were appointed. And, and so he's either a precious possession or he's going to be somewhat a nuisance to you. That's just the way it is. He's going to be, he's going to be the most important. He's going to be the blessing of your heart. He's going to be the most precious relationship you have, or He's going to be a nuisance. He's going to get in the way. Some of you have got something to do this morning, I bet. And this is getting in the way of all of it. Somebody drug you to church. And you know it's 5 to 12. A nuisance. Peter said, here's a picture of Jesus. And what he's, what he's looking to is back in Isaiah again. You know, the New Testament connects. In Isaiah 8, verse 14, it says, And he shall be for a sanctuary, but for a stone of stumbling, for a rock of offense to both houses of Israel, for a gin and a snare to the inhabitants of Jerusalem. Now that's kind of hard to understand. But here's what Isaiah talking about. Suppose you were on the run, you were fleeing, an army's behind you and chasing you, and you're running across the, in that place, the desert, and you come to this rock, a big rock, and there it stands, and behind you is every kind of trouble you can imagine. You put yours back there. And he says, he says, to some, to those who believe, to those who are trusting God, that rock is actually a sanctuary. That rock is a place to stop. And in those days, they would build, in significant places, they would build these altars. And there'd be big altars built, occasions where stones would be piled up. And if somebody's coming to that place, And you've got something on your heart that's behind you and troubling you and rushing at you. You come to those stones and you bow down at those stones and you pray to the God you love and believe in. But if they're nothing but an obstacle, then they are, for you, a stone of stumbling. You're just trying to get by it. And they're nothing but something in the way. That's the way it is with Jesus. He's our Savior. He's our rock of salvation. Or in this case, He's our judge. He is the judge. At the end of the day, when we come before the Lord, we'll be answering to Him. And so in order to live fully and to meet life's tests, victoriously. Know this. He is the rock we can stand on. He is the vital rock in God's plan. And He is a rock of sanctuary or stumbling. I read this old story. It's an old, old story. I read it when I was a young preacher. It's about in the riverboat days on the Mississippi. And two boats are passing each other. And when they pass, one of the attendants on one of the boats goes out to the, to the side of the boat and he looks off. And he says, there he is! There he is! And somebody come up to him and said, what in the world are you doing? He said, there on that boat is the captain who saved my life one time. And I just love to point him out. I love to point him out. Is Jesus your Savior? If not, today's a good day. To make the altar a place of salvation. A place to bow before God at even level before the cross. Bow before Him. And And ask Him to save you. Ask Him to forgive you. Ask Him to come into your life. Christian, let's bow together. Christian, I ask you today, are you just trying to fit God into your plan? Or are you trying to find and fit your life into His plan? It takes a lot of trust. It's weathering a lot of stuff. But it's saying, I'm going to seek to obey Him. I'm going to love Him. I'm going to follow Him with all my heart. In Jesus' name, Amen. Our song today is Have Thine Own Way 294. Let's stand together as we sing. And I don't know what to say to you, but if the Lord's speaking to your heart and it would help you to signify today a decision you're making for the Lord, you're welcome to come to the altars here. Or I'll be glad to pray with you. Billy. thine own way, Lord, have thine own way. Search me and try me, Master, today. Wider than snow, Lord, wash me just now.